I love when Kenny comes on. I have to hit my mute button because I'm always laughing. He's so much fun. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Aaron Hawksworth, Joe Ostrowski with you. And we are joined now by Kenny Ducey from Covers.com. And Kenny, last night, the Phillies shutting down the best team in baseball Six home runs. It was so much fun. This Phillies team has been fun to watch. How do you rate them right now in this series? You got to rate them sky high. I mean, for the postseason now, and by the way, you're allowed to hit the mute button on me whenever you'd like. They, they, for, through five games, they have almost a 900 OPS. And this is a team that, you know, we saw uh, the Dodgers come into this postseason boasting a, a great offense, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Atlanta Braves. But it's been the Philadelphia Phillies, really, and the Arizona Diamondbacks to give them a little bit of credit from last night, uh, who have hit the ball incredibly well. Ten home runs through five games for the Phillies. And this offense is just absolutely humming. And the, the question right now is, like, is the Atlanta Braves offense going to suddenly wake up? The Phillies bullpen has continued to be really good. I know the narrative last year was that the Phillies bullpen was bad and it was a liability. Uh, you know, I mean, Sir Anthony Dominguez is never going to make it look pretty, but Ultimately, this is a much improved unit. They were very good during the regular season. So, yeah, I, I rate the Phillies incredibly highly right now. Going into the tail end of the NLDS, they surely have to be the favorite to, to go to the World Series on the National League side. I would even say they might be a World Series favorite. I know the Rangers and Astros have played incredible ball, but uh, this is a really good situation to be in if you're Philly. And, of course, things can change. we got two more games left. But, you know, so far, so good for Philadelphia. Dude, what's Atlanta doing? Whether we're talking about Arcia or like it's Strider, and I know he was joking around, but have you not learned? Let's start. Let's stop adding some motivation, especially when you when you're playing over there, man. I don't get it. I don't either. I mean, I think I, I do get it because it was never supposed to be released to the public. I think that was the the big thing. It was like, oh well, you know, I was just joking with my teammates and. Uh, it just kind of stinks that that got out. But I, I do ultimately think, yes, you're, you're absolutely right. You cannot poke the bear with Bryce Harper. This guy has been the Phillies' most consistent hitter in the postseason going on a couple of years now. This guy is an absolute postseason monster, uh, an OPS over 1,000 for his postseason career, and he's gotten a hit in all but one game this postseason, and now he's got the three home runs. I mean, this guy is just absolutely outstanding, and I keep betting on his props every night uh, and I keep winning and I just feel like eventually it's going to run out, but it's really hard not to uh, just considering the fact that he matches up so well against the Atlanta Braves pitchers. We've seen the postseason stats against Atlanta in his career. Absolutely outstanding. He had a couple home runs last year in the NLDS against them. Memorable ones, five RBIs. So yeah, you definitely got the wrong guy that you angered and woke up in Bryce Harper. He really was already awake, you know, but this is uh, seemingly unlocked a new level of Bryce Harper. He is out for blood in this division series and, and he's getting it. Mm -hmm. Well, then what do you like in tonight's matchup between the Braves and Phillies? Are you on more props side total? I'm on everything. Uh, now, do you want to just start with props before we actually get into how the game might go in my opinion? I actually like Kyle mm -hmm. Schwarber to Homer here quite a bit. Now his price, if you guys have been tracking his price, I'm sure no one or listening has, but I have, it's been roughly around plus 200, plus 220 at the beginning of the series because obviously Schwarber, that's the one thing he's up there to do, hit a home run, right? But he's been pretty bad in this series. He's been pretty lost at the plate. But I did, in my assessment, in my expert opinion, I do think he took some much better at-bats towards the end of last night. He had a line out to right field, a sharply hit ball. He just kind of missed an extra base hit there. He's a little bit off balance. 
Uh, but I thought he was seeing the ball a little bit better. But the main thing here is we know Spencer Strider gives up home runs, and that's going to lead me into my take on this game. The Philadelphia Phillies, as I mentioned, 10 home runs in five games. They were just outside the top five in isolated power this year. They packed just as big of a punch as anybody left in the playoffs. And Spencer Strider is just prone to the home run. He's in the bottom 20 of the league in home runs allowed this year, just over 20 home runs, which is insane. So, uh, yeah, he's got incredible strikeout numbers, and the Philadelphia Phillies are strikeout machines. They love to strike out. But one thing they also love to do is hit home runs. So I do think at a certain point in this game we're going to see maybe a couple of solo shots from Philly, and it could be enough with Ranger Suarez on the hill. He's had the Braves number uh, just in ERA just over three runs last year against Atlanta. He escaped game one of the NLDS with just one earned, run, one earned run against Atlanta as well. And then this year, obviously, shut him down in game one. And he shut him down over seven, uh, six frames with seven strikeouts in the first and only meeting he had against the Atlanta Braves this season. So I think Suarez, he mixes up his very deep arsenal very well. If you look at the way he mixes his pitches all season long, the one Atlanta Braves start was the, was the start he really differentiated the most. And I think that's by design. The, the Braves struggle against the changeup. Suarez throws a great changeup. A lot of information here, but the bottom line is I do like Ranger Suarez quite a bit. He hasn't had really good home road splits. He's actually been worse at home. That's the only thing that concerns me here because it is a hitter's park in Philly. But I ultimately do think the Braves, going on two years now, just have not had an answer as to how to hit this guy. And I think on the other side of the coin with the Phillies offense, they'll get a couple of big bombs. And I think that Kyle Schwarber should be a guy now drifting out to plus 3,300 or sorry, plus 3,330, plus 330. My goodness. What am I doing? <laughs> plus 330 to Homer. I think that that is uh, an excellent price on him. I think we just found a little bit of value there. And like I said, Bryce, he's been hitting his props every night. I would love to take Bryce to Homer as well, but there's just really no more value left in that he's just, he's just priced into oblivion at this point because he just continues to hit. I think the, the K props are interesting for both of those pitchers. Uh, do you have a thought on that? Because Suarez, it's a low number, typically is. You talked about the success, three and a half, and you can get like a plus 125 on the over. And then typically when you have teams facing elimination, those K props are brought way down. Not the case with Strider. It's eight and a half. Uh, any reaction to the, to the Suarez, three and a half, Strider, eight and a half? Yeah, I don't know if you've read uh, some of my predictions floating around on the internet, but I do really like this Suarez over. Now, the Strider over, I, I, I did want to take his over, I, as you assumed as well. I, I thought, hey, elimination game, maybe it's, maybe it's, you can get a little cheeky with minus 40 on, on you know, six and a half. Maybe we'll get a, a seven and a half. Eight and a half is a little bit much, especially considering he struck out eight over seven innings against the Phillies earlier in this series. And like, as I said, the Phillies love to strike out. That's what they love to do. They love to strike out Homer and, uh, the fact that he was not able to attain it in seven innings scares me just a little bit, scares me off of that one. But Suarez, I think that the reason Rob Thompson took Ranger Suarez out of game one was just because he knew he was going to rely on Ranger Suarez later in the series, and he did not want Atlanta to get a good feel for how to hit Suarez. Because as I mentioned, the Braves have no idea how to hit this guy. You don't want to leave him in one more time through the order let the Braves get even better of a read on him. Now they go into game four knowing, hey, we didn't hit him last year. We didn't hit him this year in the regular season. We didn't hit him in game one. How do we hit this guy? And I do think he's going to go deeper in this game because I think he'll still have the same success. But like, unlike that game, I do think he, he's going to just go as long as he can. There's, there's going to be no quick hook. 
Rodrigo Suarez, in my opinion, because I don't think the Phillies have a really good long man out in the bullpen. Uh, Christopher Sanchez does have a very good changeup. And again, I mentioned that that's a weakness of the Braves. So perhaps we see him behind Suarez. But like, I, I think as long as he, he just limits it to one or two runs, we see at least five innings. And we saw in game one, he had four Ks in without even getting out of the fourth inning. He hasn't, he really hasn't been a big strikeout guy this year. But those strikeout numbers were impressive in game one. And then this year, as I mentioned, seven strikeouts over six frames and the only start he made against the Braves. And five strikeouts last year in the postseason inside of four innings as well when he faced the Braves. Those are very impressive numbers because the Braves do not strike out a lot. So I do think that this is a very good number. I agree with you. Over three and a half Ks on Suarez is a little bit too short. Kenny, I've got to get your reaction to what we saw last night. A disaster. The Dodgers, once again, can't get it done in the postseason. D-backs a sweep over the Dodgers, 4-2 the final last night in Phoenix. How do you, you know, what's your assessment of this Dodgers team and how disappointing this has been, and how do you rate the D-backs moving forward? Yeah, well, I mean, that was really an unmitigated disaster offensively for the Dodgers. I don't even want to focus on the the pitching for just one moment. I mean, the Los Angeles Dodgers were cut and dry the second-best offense in baseball. If you look at any offensive metric, the power numbers, uh, batting average, expected WOBA, all of it, the Dodgers were an incredible offense. They had so many days off. They had the equivalent of an all-star break off before they played this series, and that's what most people – attribute the struggles to but I mean a a 498 OPS through three games is absolutely abysmal Mookie Betts was nowhere to be found in this series I heard all week about how Mookie Betts had one of the best seasons in Dodger history uh, in terms of his wins above replacement this guy had no hits in the entire series Um, look and, and I do think ultimately that series was over after two games because Lance Lynn has been he's actually gotten worse since coming to the Dodgers and I, that is a very rare thing to see with Los Angeles. They always fix these broken arms. Noah Syndergaard was the only guy they couldn't fix, really. Um, they even managed to fix Andrew Heaney, the unfixable left-hander who just went from team to team to team for like 10 years, and no one was able to you know, tap into his potential. So it was shocking, but Lance Lynn's numbers got worse. His strikeout rate went down, his ground ball rate went down, his walk rate went up, and he has now given up through the regular and postseason, he finishes his year with 48 home runs left. So the bottom line there, what I'm saying is that there was no way, in my opinion, that the Dodgers were going to win that series, win that game, rather, that game three, not with the way that the Diamondbacks just hit. The Diamondbacks have just been hitting home runs like it is going out of style. And the, the real onus here is on Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw blew this series for the Dodgers. And I don't want to – I know this is a betting radio show. We're not talking about narratives and legacies. And, you know, we're, we're not hot-taking in the morning. But I do really mm-hmm. think that this guy has a complicated legacy because I think he single-handedly cost the Dodgers this series by giving up six runs in the first inning of game one. The best chance the Dodgers had to win was game one or game two with Kershaw and Miller. We knew the starting rotation was a treble mark. Or a, 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 tr- a cause of trouble for them. And then what happens is Clayton Kershaw lays an egg. Bobby Miller gets pulled early. He didn't have his best stuff either. By the time he gets to Lance Lynn, the series is over. It, the, the Dodgers just did yeah. not have enough offensively in the tank. And I also will say, I know I'm long-winded here, that what a surprise. Merrill Kelly is, I don't think he pitched particularly well. I don't think Brandon Fott really pitched particularly well. I just think the Dodgers offense laid a huge egg and it was, it was really a deflating start to the series with how Kershaw started. So that's really what I would say. And yeah, the Diamondbacks are all right. Yeah. I don't think they're going to win the NLCS, but they're okay. They're cool. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't think it's just, it's a surprise at all that the Dodgers are out. It's just a surprise the way it happened that it ended up being uh, a sweep here, just playing three more games and all these other teams that didn't make the playoffs. You know, Kenny, it's funny in the American League in particular, the side that was like anything can happen here. It's kind of where we started the season, right? The AL Central winner. Okay, that's that's cute. Twins are going to win. They're not going to go anywhere. They don't go anywhere. They get eliminated last night. Early in the year, we were looking at Houston and Texas off to their, their starts. I'm like, you know what? They might just face each other in the playoffs. That's exactly what we have here in the ALCS. Uh, first reaction, uh, wh- what do you think about the Astros and Rangers? It's going to be a banger. I really do. I think that that's going to be a great series. I hope it goes six games or more. Um, I, I think that what it comes down to for Texas is no one really was able to – no one was respecting the pitching of this team coming into it. I think there were a lot of people talking about how Nate Evaldi was, you know, over the hill and the Texas Rangers bullpen was kind of suspect. And when you look at it all, the Texas Rangers have a 2-2 ERA through five games. And, you know, they, they've been absolutely outstanding. The rotation has held up. Jordan Montgomery has been a godsend for them. And then when you look at the way that the bullpen's pitched, I, I, I look, I mean, admittedly, I was really scared about the bullpen. We know that Roldis Chapman has really the wheels had fallen off for him uh, in the last month of the season. And it held up, okay, 2-1-6 ERA in just under 17 innings. So, like, I, I, LeClerc obviously closing out the series last night, but, um, you know, he's really their most reliable guy. I've just been very impressed with how they've pitched to uh, a pesky Twins lineup. I know that it's not the scariest lineup on paper, but I, I thought that that is going to be a big confidence builder moving into the next round. And I, I ultimately think that the Astros, while they – I do. They are a good hitting bunch. I think that their their pitching staff against the, the Twins lineup, as I mentioned, it's not it's not as if it was an incredibly impressive feat. I don't think Jose Urquidy is going to be able to do that again against an experienced and tough Texas Rangers lineup if he does go out there for a start. Um, I, I Hunter Brown didn't look very good. Christian Javier is the big story, right? Like Christian Javier looked amazing, and he and I, for all intents and purposes, I think he's the best pitcher in this series. But outside of that. Um, Verlander, we know he's had sort of an up-and-down postseason history. I think that this is a series that the Texas Rangers win, and I think it's going to be a good one. But ultimately, I think their offense is just a little bit stronger here. And I think the bigger thing here is the pitching staff has been downright impressive. Uh, What they've been able to do through through five games now has has been special. And the Orioles, uh, you would have to rate the Orioles' offense better than the Twins. So that's why I would ultimately land on the Rangers' maybe having the edge in the pitching battle. And then I think the offenses are pretty equal. Kenny, 10 seconds or less, five seconds, World Series matchup. <laughs> uh, Phillies and Rangers, that's what it's going to be. And Phillies in six. Oh, man, Paul, you got to do your Philly Philly parlay. That was Kenny Ducey from Covers.com. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Beck UL Daily presented by BetMGM. Up next. I don't like it, but we got to do it. It's our NFL contest picks right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.